0: What better way to start a podcast than to say, I'm sorry.
1: Yes, indeed. My dear friend. We're a couple of Dusty Muffins. I'm Julie Blacklow. And I'm Penny Legate. Thanks for listening. And we're here to talk about a subject that has affected both of us, all of our lives. But in particular, recently, Penny and I had an occasion to apologize to each other. We had inadvertently, because it's never, well, almost never intentionally hurting anybody. (laughs) Certainly not Penny in my case. Um, (laughs) Although there are other people, uh, Never mind. (laughs) I, 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 I digress. The point is, Penny and I had, through a number of conversations, had been discussing a sensitive subject. She was just telling me her point of view, but I took it personally and I let it hurt me. I made a really bad choice to let something go deep in me and allowed it to trigger me from old old wounds, really, old wounds. And even though I knew she meant no harm, I felt harmed and it hurt me. But when I talked about that with her, I hurt her, didn't I?
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, people know from listening to us that we're about as tight as two people can be. And we hope that you feel like you're listening in on a couple of really great girlfriends just telling it like it is with each other's lives and relationships and challenges and jobs, children, et cetera. And I think that takes brutal honesty to have that kind of relationship, whether it's with a spouse or a good friend or a child even. But what Julie and I experienced just recently, we had this discussion, but I think it was what I was saying was being mis- Read by her and how she was saying it, not so what she was saying, but how she was saying it was putting me off and hurting my feelings. And so we kind of took some time away and let things simmer. And I was traveling a little bit and I knew that things weren't right. You just know that with good friends. And we came back after my return and we had a big long list lay it out on the table. And it was so stinking simple to fix it. I know. Right? I could hear your point of view, but I didn't understand how you felt. I could hear the point of view, acknowledge the point of view, but I couldn't understand how you were feeling. And again, our deep triggers Mm -hmm. that the other person cannot really be accountable for because they don't know when they're setting those off.
1: Yeah, And if we're, if we're being a little vague here, I want to be a little more explicit without getting into the weeds about this, but it had to do with someone I was perceiving telling me what to do or what I shouldn't do. And I know that's and that wasn't little... me.
0: No, no, it wasn't. It was not. <laughs> I never no, do that with no, Julie.
1: No, no, no no. Way, baby. That's my big trigger, but I perceived <laughs> something that, and so I let it wound me and, and my God, you'd think by my mid seventies, I'd be over that shit, but uh, apparently we never completely get over ourselves. So I let it hurt me. And then when Penny and I, when she came back from traveling and we hadn't spoken really for a couple of weeks and I don't know how it came up, but we, we sensed as Penny just said, that there was a problem. There was some tension between us. And so we knew because we're so important in each other's lives We knew we had to face it. And this, of course, brings up one of my favorite quotes of all times. Whatever's in the way is the way. Mm -hmm. So we just
0: had to face it. But we're not the kind of people that can just kind of stumble along over a big, as they say, the proverbial turd on the table.
1: Well, that's one way of of putting it (laughs) on the table. Okay, I can go with that. But you're absolutely right. It's a decent metaphor because we had to just walk in the shit and uh, we created it inadvertently with each other. And I don't know who started it. I think you brought it up first. That's really brave. I mean, um, or I did, I said so something I have to get off out of my mind, out of my head. Cause I was deeply, you know, in my head. And that's n- not a pleasant place to be all the time. So I brought it up and then you brought up how I had hurt you and within about a minute and a half, maybe less, we had pierced that terrible barrier that had grown between us. It wasn't a big thing. It wasn't a big barrier. but we knew we had to get over it. And it was so worth it to, to face it. And we forgave each other and I apologized and you apologized and it was simple really. That's behind us now, and we loved each other clearly again, with no impediments in the way. And of course, that brings up all the people I still owe apologies to.
0: <laughs> we were talking Did about I... that, right? We were huh? talking about that. About yeah. because yeah. I was I was mentioning we you know the subject here is the power of apology, how mm-hmm. simple it is to say I'm sorry. And how simple it is in practice, right? But how, you know, difficult it is for people to actually say it uh, and mean it. I've always been one to apologize quickly because I, I, when somebody's coming after me and saying, you hurt me or you did this to me and I, I was offended or I couldn't believe, you know, I always first say, I am so sorry. And as soon as you say, I'm sorry, then everything de-escalates immediately. Right. And then you can start picking it apart and discussing it. Then we were talking about this. I was telling you about my first husband and how we split up after only four years of marriage. And he was on a downward spiral into alcoholism, which continued to escalate after we divorced. We had a very nasty divorce. We didn't speak to each other for years. Only when he got into his AA program and stopped drinking and drugging, could he start looking internally at some of the things that might have caused our divorce instead of thinking it was my fault. Believe me, I had my fault in it. But to me, it wasn't how he perceived it, which is so typical. But anyway, 20 years after our divorce, he called me up. I'm remarried. I have two kids. And he said, can I come to Seattle? lived back east then and do my, my ninth step with you. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And he said, the ninth step is part of the 12-step program that AA uses. And he said, the ninth step is making amends. Uh, I said, okay, I, I sure. I mean, and he says, here's uh, how it works. It's better to come in person if you can. So he says, I'm going to fly to Seattle if you are okay with that. And I want to meet face-to-face. And I said, okay. And he said, I... I tell you all the ways I've hurt you all the way. I acknowledge in the many ways I've hurt you. And then you have the opportunity to say whatever you want back to me. And I cannot interrupt. I cannot rebut. I cannot make an excuse. I just sit and listen. I thought, oh boy, (laughs) this is a great opportunity. (laughs) But in all seriousness, we sat down and did this in a quiet place together. And I was able to tell him about things that had deeply hurt our relationship that began the end of our relationship. It wasn't just the drinking. There were lots of other things. He said, I never remember you saying this when I told him I'm I'm not really interested in having you touch me anymore because the thought of having any kind of physical connection to you makes me really ill. It makes me sick <laughs> to my stomach because of X, Y, and Z and all these things. And I, I said, and now for the first time in my life, other men are starting to look attractive to me. That's a huge statement to make in a young mm. marriage. Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't remember you saying that. He mm. was probably not in his right mind. At so the time. he starts crying. Oh God. Julie, and he says, no. that's when I lost you. Not when all these other things transpired. And I said, yes, that's exactly right. Because he told me it's not my problem. It's your problem. You go to a therapist if you want. I'm not interested in couples mm-hmm. therapy at all. Yeah. You fix it. And that was then, of course, the beginning of the end or the continuation of the end, I should say. So anyway, we had this opportunity to sit and talk about our deepest hurts like two, you know, formerly married people rarely get to do. I mean, how many people in a in a divorce, a split, a long-term relationship that ends, get to sit down and speak so honestly to each other about everything that happened how i felt when this happened he could tell me things and we cried and sobbed and it was i think one of the most cathartic and healing and cleansing experiences of my entire life and when he passed away a couple years ago i told that story at his uh, gathering where everybody was taking you know, it was an open mic. And I said, I want you to know about the power of the apology and forgiveness. Oh. And um, it was, yeah, it changed. There's nothing both more
1: powerful, really. There's nothing more powerful than self-awareness and connecting to another human being that you may have hurt or may have hurt you just apologizing. I feel like many of us should adhere to the ninth step I'm thinking back on the people I trampled on or stomped on or yelled at or, and my first husband, Richard Blacklow, was a wonderful, wonderful guy, but I kind of gave up on the marriage because I had a crazy career and a a child. I couldn't do marriage at the time and I kind of threw it out, you know, just, just left it. So I think I owe him an apology and many other people along my past just thinking about it exhausts me. But, it, <laughs> but, but, but what we did with each other, Penny, was a great opportunity to remind ourselves, you and me in particular, of the relationships that matter most to us. And you're certainly that to me. And I know I'm that to you, owning what we do and saying, I'm sorry. Uh, I've talked to my current partner about it mm-hmm. <laughs> always much to work through, but the power of saying, I'm so sorry. And as I've gotten older, I'm much better. Although I had a lapse with you a couple of weeks ago, I'm very quick to say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mm-hmm. mean, no, you we are. Have, no, we had a, we had another incident months ago. I yes. think You're talking you talking called... about
0: the drug addict thing or no, no, no. You Something heard?
1: else you said you, you called me out on it.
0: Oh Yeah. I said, don't tell me, don't give me orders. Oh, yes. Do I, accidentally because she, I accidentally ordered. Julie's accidentally, bossy. I, Julie's feisty. I was, I was my and bossy, feisty self. And, and she'd always give me orders. Do, you, do this, do that, do this. And I said, Julie, yeah, can d- I just ask you something? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, no, she didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. she, said, she goes, Yeah, what's up? I said, don't tell me to do things. Ask me. Right. To say, would you be able to, or would you mind if you handled this? And uh, she goes, oh, oh my (laughs) gosh, yes, of course. Yeah. It's my old bossy
1: self. I was born that way. I've, I've always tried to hone it, especially in my (laughs) later years, you know, stop bossing everybody around.
0: But let me bring to mind. Yes. And and you, and you were so gracious about saying, oh my gosh, yes, that's a problem I have. Thank you for pointing it out. I'm going to get better at it. And so, but long before that, even when you're first sitting down to do this, talk about this project, you had talked about your son and how you were able to keep him from being a drug addict by doing certain things and keeping him busy. For people who might be listening for the first time or know the story, I lost a daughter to drug addiction. And I, I know my face kind of went, oh, 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 you know, and Julie being the ultra sensitive person she is felt it. We continued to go on about our meeting and nothing else was said. And I got the most beautiful email for you, which I have kept that same, like within the hour, you said, I realized I said something really hurtful.
1: I remember now. Thank you for bringing that up. I I said something and I realized, yes, I was talking about Jeremy, my son and raising him and how I tried to keep him from using drugs. And then I thought about your daughter, Mara, and I thought, oh my God, you know, I trampled, I I went on to spiritual, sensitive, sacred turf, and I love you. And I, I realized how insensitive I'd been, not, not intentionally, but inadvertently, because most of the things, the transgressions that we commit, I think most of them are inadvertent. Yes. You know, it's accidental, but, but making it aware, seeing, you know, being aware now and in retrospect, I might have hurt you, and I, I, you know, like fell on my knees metaphorically with you and begged your forgiveness.
0: Well, you said you felt it too. I mean, you're I a very sensitive oh. person, Julie, and you said you felt a little, like a, little, yeah. you know, I didn't say anything like, oh, don't talk about, you know, bad about drug addicts no. because all of us parents have tried really hard not to keep our kids from <laughs> well, using it's, drugs. It's, and it's, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah.
1: So to sort of wrap up this little segment we're doing. I guess what I want to say, it's a noble thing to do, a sacred thing to do, when you're aware of something you have said or done that might have hurt someone you love or even someone you didn't love. To say three simple words, "I am so
0: sorry." Yeah, well, that's four words, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I love you, Absolutely. Penny. It's very powerful, and might we just maybe challenge everyone who's listening. To think of maybe one person that they could apologize to. Yeah. And maybe or... it will you know, unburden your heart and there's two. Yeah. Two people win there. Yeah. yeah. All right, honey. I, I love you and I'm sorry for any future transgressions. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. I'm putting anything, some money in the bank. Anything I do in the future, I apologize. All right. Okay, sweetie. Over
1: and out. We love you.
0: Hey, if you have something to say, please do so in an email. Send it to couple of dusty muffins at gmail.com. That's C-O-U-P-L-A, dusty muffins at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'm production director Clem Daniels.